This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. There we go. We got Torah Anytime camera activated. Okay, wonderful. So, welcome everybody to this fourth class in our Mido series. Um, this class is, for me at least, a bit of a, a challenge, um, a, a topic, a concept which I think many, many people will relate to um, in today's generation. And before I get into it, I just want to give a shout out once again to Chami Landman and Shani Rosenberg for all the work that they put in behind the scenes. Anybody who'd like to register for these events, email notifications, you can sign up by nasanow.com. As well as if you have any questions regarding any of these classes, which you want me to address in a future segment, feel free to email me, email at marriagepro.co. So we're living in 2021. And yet, what I find dealing with many people, and to be honest, my own personal life, I find that we are living in very stressful times. And the question is, how does somebody deal with stress and anxiety, let alone depression, you know, leading into other things? But let's just talk regular, meaning for us regular folk, how does somebody deal with Stress. How does somebody obtain the first midah, which is menuchas hanefesh? How does somebody get to that place where they're just sitting back and relaxed? And I'm sure you all have people in your life that are extremely stressed, and then you have people in your life that are extremely calm. How do we become one of those calm people? It's almost like a daily struggle to try to like just get ourselves to that point where we're just like, life is good no matter what life is throwing at us. How do we get ourselves to that point? So... It's brought down in Svarim um, that there is a bird and a snake that have an, an interesting relationship. And in that there's a snake that likes to eat a certain bird. But the snake realizes that in order to catch the bird, what it needs to do is it needs to go all the way up the tree, go across the branch, try to sneak up on this bird and grab it and eat it. And the bird is very smart. So what does the bird do? The bird hops from this branch to that branch to that branch to this branch. And the snake finds itself like going up and down the branches, unable to catch the bird. So this bird came up with this ingenious idea. What it does is it goes underneath the tree and it just sits there. And it makes itself very, very imposing. And it opens up its mouth really wide. And it hisses. And it makes very menacing sounds up the tree. The bird sitting up in the tree, who could really just fly away, could go to another tree, the bird sits there, and the bird looks down at the snake. And it looks at itself, and it looks at the mouth of the snake, and it starts to panic, and it gets very nervous. Oh my gosh, like, I fit in that mouth. <laughs> Look at those razor-sharp teeth. And what happens is, is that the bird convinces itself that it could fall prey, it may fall prey, and it starts to literally have a panic attack. And it freezes to the point where its wings don't fly, its legs don't work, and out of like the confusion that it creates for itself, the anxiety, the stress that this bird is living in, it falls off the tree and just falls right in the lap of the snake. And the snake goes ahead and it eats it. It may not sound familiar to you because you're not familiar with birds and snakes. But in our everyday lives, when we experience stress, 
When we have all these things, when, whether it's a boss or whether it's a husband or a wife or a child or somebody who's causing you to be stressed, what happens is, is that we, we start to feel like we're living under a cloud and our brain starts to fog up and we're not making conscious, smart decisions to the point where we almost like feel like we just have to like freeze up. That's the progression of not feeling just relaxed and chilled and having menucha sanefesh. So how do, we, how do we change all the things that are going on around us? How do we change that? So there's a Pasuk. The Pasuk says, kim nishmas adam. That a person's nishama is like a nair, it's like a fire. And I'm going to explain this to you in a, in a spiritual manner, and then let's review this in a physical manner. So in a spiritual manner, if I were to say to you, where is your neshama? Where is your neshama? Where is it located? We all know that we have a neshama. We have a guf and we have a neshama. Where in our guf is our neshama? So I used to think that it was our heart. Right? I don't know. I used to think it's like your heart. Like, oh, it's like a heart. And I, it's, that's what I always used to think. But it's not true. If you look in the Sifrei Musar, it's brought down that it's actually the brain. It's the brain. The brain is the center of all, not just thought, which connects us to a higher level, but it's also the center for control over our entire body. And if somebody were to say to you, what does your neshama do? Your neshama controls your entire body, right? You are your neshama. And therefore, it's brought down in many, many svarim that your, your brain is your neshama. It's located, your neshama, let me say it differently, your neshama is located within your brain. So therefore what? So therefore, your body, it's brought down in svarim, is almost like the fuel which leads up a tzinar, a pipe, a wick, to your brain. What is that pipe, that wick? That is going to be our spinal columns. So our body, when we experience different emotions, what we're going through, what's essentially happening is that our body starts to feel certain things. It travels through all the receptors of our body up into our brain, our neshama, and therefore it starts to get cloudy and foggy and we don't make smart decisions and we're just like totally off. That is from a spiritual sense and also from a physical sense. When you experience, it could be trauma, it could just be somebody yelling and screaming at you. It could be, like, if you're like me, I'm scared of heights. So like when I start walking along somewhere where it's very, very high up, I start walking and like, I, I get like vertigo. Like my whole, my brain is like foggy. Like as I'm walking, I'm like, oh my gosh, I might fall. I really feel like I'm going to fall because I'm so dizzy and lightheaded because my my body is like playing tricks on my brain and my brain is playing tricks on my body. So that is how it works, is that our neshama is in our head and we all know just from a, a general living through life that your brain makes all the decisions. But when you're under stress, it's very hard to make logical decisions. When somebody comes over to you and says, oh, could you tell me about you know, this and this client and you have to give an answer. So you just say, okay, I give that, you give them an answer. But when your boss is screaming at you and saying, what's with that client? I don't understand. This report was late and what are you thinking? All of a sudden your brain is like, you just see like a monkey with like symbols and the monkey's just like banging symbols together. And you're like, I don't know, is the guy married, divorced? Like, did he have any income last year? I don't know what's going on. Like, you can't, you can't process it because it's just so overwhelming and so stressful. So the idea of Menuchas HaNafesh is, and hear this out for a second, is cleaning the pipe that allows your neshama to shine bright. Having menucha is a tremendously spiritual process 
wherein you see things clearer, you you hear things clearer, you talk them through clearer. And it's interesting because if you remember in the beginning of this series, and for those of you who didn't watch it, I encourage you to go back on tour anytime and start from the beginning. We said that when people talk about midos, they oftentimes say, yeah, midos means that the person talks calmly and they're just a nice person. But it, 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 that's true. That is true. But a big part of that is breaking down the midos into specific categories. And when the mida that we're talking about here is menuchas anafesh, then we all can understand that somebody who has menuchas anafesh will talk differently than somebody who doesn't. And part of the reason is because they literally will experience the world through a clearer lens. Their neshama, their brain, doesn't have that brain fog. They're able to just like think clearly. They're able to act clearly. They're not making irrational decisions. And I could tell you from dealing with many singles and many married couples that when you're dealing with a married couple that's in, for example, an argument, you re- I realize that in the beginning, it starts off almost like, you know, like a slow like ping pong match. Almost like if you'd imagine like, you know, like two kids like on Shabbos afternoon just playing like ping pong, you know, just like bink, 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 right? And then as the intensity builds up and the wife gets more frustrated and the husband gets more frustrated, the things that come out of their mouths are just so... <laughs> They're just, I don't want to say, they're so idiotic. I mean, they're just so like, what? Like, that's your argument? It's so illogical what you're saying. You're just like throwing things to see like what sticks. And then 19 years ago, you bought me this. And 14 months ago, things that just like, what are you saying? The answer is because your emotions just take over and you're not thinking things through clearly. But when you break down an argument to like its real points, like what are you actually arguing over? Oh, your husband came home late. Oh, he should have checked in. Oh, he didn't apologize. That's all valid points. And when he understands that and she understands that, usually you can wrap up an argument pretty quickly. Once you start with the fog, then it's like the fog of war. You don't even remember what you're arguing about. It just you start bringing up things from my separations. That's where things totally change. So I'm going to say before I go through three steps over here, that everybody, everybody experiences the world very differently. In a liberal sense, which is totally connected to the Torah, they say, there's a saying today, they say, live your truth, right? Everyone has their truth. There's no such thing as truth anymore. It's your truth. You could just say, this is what I believe to be true. From a therapeutic standpoint, therapists will often say to you, how do you feel about this? Because they want to get to the place that you feel. So, like I said in the beginning, some of us will go through our days and they will feel no stress. And your boss yelling at you, you're just sitting there just like clickety-clack, you're just like doing your work as if nothing's happening, and your boss is screaming and yelling, and you're just like, oh, here he goes again, that's so cute, haha. And you're just totally fine. And some of you, like, some, your boss will come over to you and say like, hey, where's that report? And you'll be like, ah, I need 10 minutes, and you just go to the bathroom, you'll be crying and texting everybody under the sun, and you get on, you know, social media, like, I'm filing a lawsuit, my boss just, you know, abused me. Because like, you just, you, you, it's so overwhelming for you. So, Before I say anything, take these three ideas to your life. I don't want to say to your truth, but to your life, to how you deal with stress. Some people here might be dealing with multi-million dollar you know, transactions and that's their stress. And some people might be stressing over like $5 that they paid extra on a bill and the guy didn't send them back the money and they can't sleep at night. Apply this to your life. So how does a person obtain so there are going to be three steps over here, which 
again, I'm going to say this again, this is brought down in Svarim, as well as based on my own personal concepts and journey, and like everybody else here who's always trying to just, you know, sleep on a hammock and just look up at the stars and be like, wow, life is just beautiful. To try to get us to that point, here's three steps. So step number one is as follows. Recognize that when you are a child, your stresses will be stresses. But then as you go through life, your stresses will, will grow. So a child, for example, might be all upset that their bike broke, right? And an adult is like, eh, big deal. You weren't hurt, not a big deal. But an adult might be all upset that they got into a fender bender, right? Because their car got damaged, it's much more valuable to them. As you go through life, if you're smart and you're intelligent and you're mature, what, what tends to happen is that you will develop what's called, I like to call this, emotional calluses. An emotional callus is something which will, it, it's a part of the maturing process, which teaches us that this is not a big deal, this is a big deal. And then your reaction should be appropriate according to that. So I'm going to give you an example of this. I once had a meeting, so Hashem is very kind to me, and he sends some people into my life that are, that are like my Satan, like my Yitzhahara. I have told this to a couple of people before. I said, it's amazing. Like, some people don't know who their Yitzhahara is. I mean, I know exactly who my Yitzhahara is. They have a name, a name tag. They very clearly identify themselves. Like, you see them coming a mile away. It's mamish beautiful. Halavai, we should all have such, uh, such uh, matanas from Hashem. So, there's a couple of people like that. Okay? Now, I once had a meeting with one of my, one of my satans, okay, one of my Yitzharas, and this guy comes in and he brought a friend, the sidekick, and it, it was, they both like lost their minds after like five minutes of this meeting, and in reality, because we're emancipated adults, we have the ability to stop a meeting and walk out of a meeting and say thank you. This was, you know, whatever, but. As I was seeing like the progression of how downhill this meeting was going and how these two grown men in their you know in their 70s were like just losing their minds so I made a conscious decision I said you know what this is amazing um, Hashem is so good to me <laughs> I'm going to use this opportunity to build an emotional callus towards people who are unpleasant and I'm just going to ride this train like let's see how far this can go so I was very calm, and I said, hey, you know, hear your point, and whatever. And they were just like, they were losing it. Two guys, two 70-year-old guys, just totally losing it. And they're yelling and screaming and yelling and screaming. And went on, I kid you not, for five hours. Five hours, okay? At the end of five hours, so the guy said to me, like, well, what do you have to say? Eh? So I said, listen, you know, life is about opportunity, and... Um, this guy was going on and on about how he's been in business for 40 years and people in business for 40 years don't make mistakes and blah, blah, blah. And I said, life is about opportunity. And clearly you've missed all your opportunities. <laughs> it was nice meeting you, wonderful, and have a great day. And that was the end of the meeting. And I came home, I always said, so how was your day? I was like, it was amazing. Now, it was obviously very stressful, but it was an opportunity to at least latch on to something which was stressful. Identify it as such. And this is, I think, the first thing. Identify it as such. Like, yeah, this is what it is. But the next time I had a meeting with this guy and he's screaming and yelling, whatever, it's like, oh, <laughs> here, here he goes again. <laughs> here he goes again. Now, you might think this is funny. 
But it's really true, because there are many women who are in marriages that are not so pleasant, and there are many people who are dealing with bosses or coworkers that are really not pleasant. But the minute you're able to like laugh it, laugh it off and just be like, yeah, this, this is really nothing. It's just, a, it's just a, a mirage. It's just fake. It's just a snake with its mouth open. But there's really nothing going on. I'm safe up here in the tree. Person's not pulling out a knife. It's just my, my, my emotions, my brain, everything's gearing up. So you're able to say to yourself, oh, this is so funny. <laughs> there my boss goes again. Me, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm doing great. Like, I'm not, I'm not in an emergency right now. I'm the Hatzala guy. That person's having an emergency. They're having the issue. When you're able to separate between you and the person, and you're able to use it as a moment of growth, it's challenging, but then after a while, you're able to get yourself to this point. I don't want to give any other extreme examples. I could go through a hundred of them. But the first idea is to practice and grow emotional calluses. Many women, many men, they raise their children, boys and girls, to be very pampered and sheltered from the world. And I'm not talking about the internet. I'm talking about life and its challenges. And what I find and my wife finds from teaching Hassanim and Kalas is that there are certain people who get married and they have no emotional capacity to handle life. They have zero emotional capacity to handle life because their entire lives, they were pampered. They've never had somebody yell at them. Every time they played a sport, they got a participation trophy. Every time somebody yelled at them, their mother coddled them. They never had the opportunity to experience failure, to experience despair, to experience things going down. The parents try to protect them from everything. When somebody passed away, they, nobody would talk about it. When something bad happened, it wasn't spoken about. Those people are at a tremendous disadvantage with life. If you are smart, you don't, obviously don't abuse your children. You don't throw them into circumstances where they can't handle life. But you expose them enough that they develop emotional calluses. And the minute somebody develops that, it will help them for the longer term in life. That's the first concept. The second concept is as follows. So this was, for me, a very big learning moment. And I'll tell you the beauty. Um, the beauty that I find is that we, we're Jews. And as such, we have a Torah. And therefore... We know that it says Chachma Bagayim Tamen that there is Chachma by the by the nations of the world, and I'm going to share with you a tremendous piece of Chachma. But then, when I find it in a sefer that was written in the 1700s, it blows your mind that like the medical world is all excited about something, but we knew about it 250 years ago. So here's the idea. Okay, so after I got married, nothing to do with marriage, but after I got married, and as life started piling on responsibilities and stresses and all these things, I started experiencing migraines. And for a number of years, I started getting migraines, like blinding migraines, like the auras and everything. It was, it was really, really bad. I would say probably about once a week, I was, I was experiencing tremendous migraines. One day, one day, one day, right? Play our little ukulele. One day, somebody, everybody misses my jokes. It's okay. Um, one day, a, um, one day, a person told me about a man named Dr. David Sarno. Dr. David Sarno is a doctor who realized, he, he, he realized after talking to many of his patients who came in saying that they had back pains, he said, you know, you have back pains, but how about if we talk about your life? And these women would say, my life, what do you want to talk about my life? And they would say, he would say to them, well, let's talk about it a little. They would say, I don't know, my back hurts, it's, it's always hurting me. He would take MRIs and he would take CAT scans and he would say, your back looks totally fine, but let's talk about your life. And then, Dr. John Sarno, thank you. And then, Dr. John Sarno. And then what he would say is to them, he would say, you know what? Um, 
The reason why I think you have back pain is because you have an underlying stressor which is burrowing itself within your body. And the person would say, no, what are you talking about? And he would say, well, let's talk about your family. And the wife would say, oh, the fact that I have 19 children, I, I, I never thought of that as a stress. You know, I can't imagine. You know, the fact that I've never been on vacation, no way. Like, that, that can't be, you know, anything. The fact that my husband, like, neglects me, really? You think so? And he started saying to them, how about if you just learn to identify this, the source of your stress and really connect with that and say to your body, thank you so much for creating this stress point. And he started this with many patients. And what he found was that what's going on in people's bodies is that as a distraction for your main stress, which might be the 19 children or the husband that's you know neglecting her, your, the body was creating back pain. So when you have back pain or you have a migraine or you have an ulcer or you have knee pain, you cannot think straight. So the minute your body starts to think about it, it's like, ah, don't think about that. Auras are going off. Migraines are going off. So I read this book and he has this thing called PPMS, which stands for tension. I don't know how to pronounce this. Myositis syndrome, which basically means it's your body tensing up and creating like a choke-off point for what is going on underneath like the underlying thing. So I read this book, and then I started to think to myself, hmm, let me think for a moment. <laughs> what stresses might I have in my life? Okay, Baruch Hashem, I don't have 19 children, and Baruch Hashem, I don't have a spouse that's, you know, that's neglecting me, so let me think what else I have. And then as I started like coming, like, oh, maybe I am nervous about this business thing, or maybe I am nervous about that, or maybe I, you know, this stressor, whatever it may be, and as I started to identify it, my migraines slowly started dissipating. One day, after about two years of no migraines, I came home and I said to my wife, I was like, wow, you know, I don't know what's going on today, but like, I'm so dizzy. I can't, I, I don't know what's going on. It's, it must be like the heat, the humidity, like I'm very, very dizzy. And I said, ah, take a nap. Okay, the next day I get up, I'm like, I don't know, I'm so dizzy. I don't know what's going on. So I was like, okay, take a nap, take the day. So this is going on for like two, three, four days. And then after like the fourth day, like I come home from work and my wife's like, how are you feeling? I'm like, I don't know. I'm like so dizzy. And my wife says, can I just remind you about Dr. Sarno? Like maybe go into a dark room <laughs> and sit there and try to identify what might be bothering you. And the beauty of our body is that because it's trying to distract you, it actually hides your deepest, darkest secrets, which are actually trying to creep up and make themselves aware. So on this fateful day, I went into the room and I was closing my eyes and closing my eyes and closing. And after about 10 minutes, I kid you not, it like struck me, oh my gosh, I'm nervous about something. And I, I just by identifying, oh my gosh, this is what's bothering me. I came out of the room. I was like, how are you feeling? I was like, like a million bucks. Like I could, I could play basketball right now. It cleared everything up. Where did that come from? Because it cleared up this tsinar, this pipe that runs through us. So the second idea is that many of our stressors, we don't really want to deal with. It's very uncomfortable. So your body says to you, we don't like being uncomfortable. You have to be comfortable with being a little bit uncomfortable. And when you're comfortable being uncomfortable, you will not be as uncomfortable. Because your body's like, yeah, it's true. It is stressful. That's okay. We could accept that. We could deal with that. We can react to that. But oftentimes, because we suppress things, because we push them down and we don't actually deal with them, it becomes an underlying stress which causes us much more stress, headaches, migraines, ulcers, back pain, knee pain, which is completely unnecessary. 
So there's a journey here to obtaining Menuchas HaSanafesh. It doesn't just happen. But when you are able to identify it, it oftentimes clear it out. Number three, and this is, I don't want to say this is by far my favorite, but it's a little weird. I'm going to admit it. It's a little weird. Okay? Nobody has to know about this, except for me, you, and everybody else in Torah anytime. Okay? But I'm going to present to you something which was, which was taught to me by a very interesting person. So I met this person who worked way back when on the original... CAT um, MRI or CAT scan machine, I forget which one of them, but he was like on the team that developed it. So he's like very, very into like the body and how it works and all of that. And I had a meeting with this person and I was talking to him and he was schmoozing with me and he said like, you know, I could see that you're one of these guys who really is doing like on the outside, like you're fine, but I could tell, I could tell that there are like underlying stressors like in your life that you have. Like everybody has stressors, but I could tell that you're one of those people who rather than explode, they, they keep it in and they suppress it. And by the way, I want to say just on this one point that I think this is a really important point, is that if you see a person, for example, who's exploding, you tend to think, oh, that's a person with bad midos. What we're learning here is that that's not true. You could be a person who does not explode in anybody, you accept everybody, the savior upon him, yuffos, and you're the happiest person. But inside, there is turmoil. And if there's turmoil on the inside, then you have not worked on your midos. This is such a bomb idea. If on the inside you're in turmoil, if on the, if on the inside you need, again, if you need pills to get through the day, then by all means, take those pills to get through the day. But if, if, if you need the pills to get through the day, if you're stressed, if you're depressed, then you have not worked this through fully. Again, if you could work on your midos, great. If you need therapy, then wonderful. But a mida has to be worked through. You can't kid your body. You can't kid yourself. You can't kid Hashem. You can't kid your spouse. Your spouse will know it. Right? They'll turn to you and be like, okay, I see you're stressed. Oh, how do you know I'm, I'm still a Mr. Super Nice Guy? I'm still very smiley. You are, but there's an inner tor- turmoil that's going on. And this is, this is a big chiddush that we have, to, we have to wrap our heads around. The fact that there's something going on inside means that you have not worked through your midos. You have not. You exploded. Fine, that's how you dealt with it. You kept it in. You're not dealing with it. That is not called working on your midos. So, I spoke to this man. And he turned to me and he said, I want to teach you how to release inner... I don't want to call them inner demons, inner, inner stresses, inner turmoil, inner things that grip your body from the inside. And this is what he told me. Okay? So he said like this. And if you want to try this, you could try this. Torah anytime will not see you. Okay, you could try it now or you could try it later. Nobody will judge you. So first of all, he said like this. He said, do you ever notice that when you're on a phone call, which is maybe like a stressful phone call, that you like to pace around? Now, I pace 20 miles a day. I pace everywhere. I'm on the phone, walking everywhere. My office, in front of my office, I'm upstate. I'm literally like walking a marathon every single day. Okay? So I'm like, yeah, I'm always walking. So he said, let me explain to you why that is. Because the body is very smart. And when you start to experience stress, your body kicks in with what we call the, the fight or flight syndrome. Right? Fight or flight. So when somebody has something that spooks them, what do they do? Their, their body's like fight, your hands, or flight, which is your feet. 
So your hands and your feet kick into gear. So he said, when you're experiencing a stress, what your body is basically saying to you is, hello, fight or flight. So what many people do is they fidget. You ever see people like they're like very nervous and they're like fidgeting like this? Or they're like in a meeting and they're like they're moving their hands a lot. Or they're pacing. Why are they pacing? Because your hands and your feet are like, hello, use us. Your mechanism is like, it's kicking in, like, use us. Fight or flight. So he said to me, beautiful idea. He said, the first level is very simple, is use your hands or your feet. Meaning, take your hands, push them against each other, and like hold it there for like a good 15, 20 seconds, and then let go. And you'll feel like something like a weight being lifted off your shoulders. Or with your feet, you stand and you push against the wall and you stretch out your calf muscles. Do that for like 30 seconds, and you will feel like your body is like, okay, you got the message, you've sent the message back to your brain, which is your neshama, and you said, thank you, neshama, for warning me that this, that I'm going through right now is stressful. I appreciate it. I got the message. I got this client. Don't worry. I don't have to fight with him. I don't have to run from him. I'm able to actually deal with it. Okay? So that's the first level. Now, what happens if it's more deep-rooted? So you've got to go find it. And how do you find it? So the way you find it is as follows. And I could tell you so many stories about this. Um, so many people who I've met after I met with this man who I've told them. They say, I have a broken engagement. They're going through a divorce or whatever it is. And when you meet them, it's like, how are you? Oh, I'm doing great and wonderful and everything's amazing. And then the more I would talk to them, I'd be like, you're harboring a lot deep down. You are harboring a lot deep down. You suppress it and it's deep down, but... It's not on the surface. True, you're a calm, nice person. But inside, once again, there's a lot of turmoil. So the way that you get about the turmoil is as follows. Okay, you got to go find it. And the way that you find it is as follows. You lay down. You close the lights. You set a timer for five minutes. Okay? And during those five minutes, you get into a very comfortable position. During those five minutes, you close your eyes. You shut down all stimulus that's going on around you. So there should be no noise. There should be no lights. There should be no music. There should be nothing. And during that time, in your brain, you're just going to say the word one. You're going to say one, 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 one in your brain. Now, when your body says to you, why are you saying one? What's one? You're going to say one is Hashem. That's it. One, 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 one. What you're doing is you're using your brain to override your body, to control your body. This is something that Chaim Belezhin talks about a lot. Your brain, again, science knows this, but we have the Torah, right? Your brain is your neshama, and therefore it could control your entire body, mind over matter. Where did that idea come from? From Chaim Velazhin, right? So you could control everything, and you're clearing your head completely, and you're saying one, 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 because when you have inner turmoil, you oftentimes have a hard time sleeping. Why? Because your thoughts go racing, right? That your mind wakes you up. Oh, what about this? What about that? What are they going to do? Your mind starts running. You clear your mind 100%. And all you do is you just simply say one, one, one for five minutes. At the end of five minutes, you're going to feel really relaxed. And when you feel really relaxed, you're going to then think of the thing that's your stressor. You've identified it already. You know it's the broken engagement, or it's it's the ex-husband, or it's, it's the boss, whatever it is, right? You identify it, and then you kick it out. And the way they kick it out is you literally shout it through on the top of your lungs. If you're living in a house with other people, just warn them, okay? And you're going you're gonna to scream it through. And you're going to like, get out. Or you could just let out like a roar or a scream. People who practice martial arts, they do this all the time, right? They move, 
And then they let out like a scream. It's like, boom! Right? It's, it's a release of the energy. And what you'll find is that the thing that's been caught or clamored up inside of you, it will slowly release itself. You need to do it a couple times, do it a couple times. If it comes back at a later date, do it at a later date. So three things here, okay? In order to obtain Menuch HaSanafesh, which is so difficult because like you, I, I always thought, you see a guy, see a woman who on the outside they're happy, wow, they must have worked through everything. And it's, it's so not true. It's so not true. Because the more people I talk to who have stress and anxiety and depression and they can't sleep at night and they're popping Ambien, so what's going on? What's going on is that inside you're, you're, you're all over the place. In order to be able to work through these emotional feelings, it, it is an avaida. It's something that we have to work on. And the way to do it is to first identify, is this something that's worth my stress? Or am I still like a child? I'm 75 years old and I'm screaming about something that a 20-year-old wouldn't or a 15-year-old wouldn't. What am I doing? Develop those stresses, get that exposure, process it through in a healthy way, and use those emotional calluses for your benefit. And the second thing is like Dr. Sarno. But it's not Dr. Sarno. It's, 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 every, it's every muster safer in the world. Identify what's going on underneath. Identify it. And when you identify it, your body will say, thank you very much. And it very often will be its own release just by doing that. And the third one, which is probably the most beautiful. I think it's a really, it's funny because it's just funny when you hear somebody screaming from the room. So just warn those around you. But when you do it, you actually delve deep down. It is so therapeutic and it's really such a beautiful release. And you find that things that have been pent up inside of you for many, many years, all of a sudden you're able to let them go. When you're able to do that, you're able to obtain real, real menuchas anafesh, which is the first of our 13 midos. Something which is a journey which can take people days or weeks or months or even years to, to obtain. And the goal is for a person to have a daily cheshben. And I would ask if you're following along with this series... Take a little diary and mark yourself down. How did I do today? How was my happiness level throughout the day? And not just happiness. How was my menucha? Was I restful? Was I stressed? Or was I able to like deal with it or cope with it? What did I do? Which one of these three things did I like employ? Do this for a couple of weeks and you'll see that you're able to like deal with things on such a better level. And we should all just be good bench. This is awesome. 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 Thank you all for joining us. We'll see you in two weeks from now on a... Wednesday night, Emirates Hashem. And for those of you who have not signed up and you got the link through somebody else, nasanel.com, or you can follow this series on torahanytime.com, and you can just follow Ruven Epstein, and Emirates Hashem will be informed about future Shurim. Great to see all of you. Thank you very much. Have a wonderful, wonderful two weeks. All the best. Hatzacha. just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.